Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slides a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby, go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. I've got Matt and Dennis with me for our typical Thursday episode. As I mentioned on Monday, we are going to continue talking about free agency. Uh, Matt and myself, did we do that Monday or Tuesday? I feel like it was Tuesday. Tuesday. It was definitely Tuesday. On Tuesday, uh, we got through quarterbacks after obviously talking a lot about WandaVision. So today, we are going to do our best to get through running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, whatever we don't get through. Well, we got an episode Monday or Tuesday next week, so I feel like we keep pushing to Tuesdays right now with everything going on. But Matt and Dennis are here, as I mentioned. How are you gentlemen doing on this beautiful Thursday? I am doing fantastic, but following Twitter, I thought they changed the name of that show to Boner Vision. (laughs) You know, for someone who I'm I'm pretty sure you don't watch the show, that was very, very apropos. Very good job. I'm proud of you. That was was, uh, was a good one. He had to wait almost as many days as the show did to make that Boner joke. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah, I hear a lot of people are getting canceled, among other things right now. It's a fun time to be alive, I guess. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm doing pretty good. It's starting to rain here. It's been in the 60s all week, almost at 70 yesterday. So uh, I'm off work and I don't have to go back to now. I have to do a trip Monday mo- Sunday morning, bright and early. So right after the clocks get moved ahead, I have to get up and take some people to the airport. But life is good. I can't complain. Yeah, it's always a bummer uh, when you work on it. On Sunday morning, you have to be at work at 6.30 on the time change day because uh, not to mention here, we're getting a, a blizzard. You know, uh, we were where where you were a couple of days ago. What's your favorite flavor? <laughs> favorite flavor of what? Of blizzard. Blizzard. I'm a Snickers blizzard guy myself. <sighs> My God. I wish that was the only kind of blizzard I had to worry about. <laughs> but we uh, now the weather services were in line for anywhere between four and forty inches of snow. So you know it's a nice tight range. You can plan your life around. I mean, if it makes you feel better. I'm support. Oh, wrong side. I'm supporting you. I got. I got my Colorado. Uh, what was this? Estes Park. I was trying to remember where I got the shirt at. Estes Park is for sure getting 40 plus inches. They're in oh, the whole side. Yeah. They, them and, and Cheyenne. Basically, I'm, I'm from, thinking about you guys. From Denver all the way north, they said at least two feet. I was like, thank Jeez. God I'm a little south. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be, I will definitely be thinking about you guys and hoping that it's not nearly as bad as they are saying. So, running backs. 
I realize I say so a lot too. If you guys follow Ricky, yeah, Ricky, I'm really I, started to pick up that I say certain words a lot. I wasn't sure what to to go with. I couldn't think about what. I normally now that's all I'll be thinking about today. Though. I know. Well, I didn't. I thought I said all right a lot, which I feel like I do. And then someone pointed out that I also say in my opinion, so and as well. And I was like, well, that's great. So like all of my shows, I do I let anybody get anything edgewise because I'm saying a lot of things a lot. So, anyways, Aaron Jones, Look, he just knocked them all out there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. There we go. Maybe I won't use them again for the rest of the show, or at least until we get to like the third running back on this list. Uh, we, obviously I would, I for one want him to go back to the Packers. It'd be great yeah. for him being there with Aaron Rodgers, but he's the top guy in this free agency class. There's been a lot of rumors link, linking him to Miami. I know there was another team. A lot of people talk about Jets. You know, Jets. A lot of people want him to go to San Francisco, obviously with Kyle Shanahan and what he could do in that offense. Dennis, where do you think he lands in? And I, where would you, or where do you think the best spot for his skill set is? Well, as much as I would like him to go back to Green Bay, they're currently 27th in cap space, sitting at a negative 8,346,000. Uh, so they have some significant work to do. Now, we know it can happen. We, we just saw the Chiefs clear $20 million today, cutting both of their starting offensive tackles. That doesn't seem smart to me, but what do I know? It's a bold strategy. I just do fantasy. Bold strategy. <laughs> Let's see like, if it works I, out for Patrick him. Mahomes yeah. sitting there going like, did you guys not watch the Super Bowl tape? I mean, I would right. imagine they, they, they've they got to have some idea like that they can bring them back on a lesser deal or something. You can't cut both your tackles and not have some kind of idea you're you're going to be able to work out something, I would think. Well, I don't know where how uh, up-to-date spot track is. If they've updated, if they're like going to the minute with all these cuts, Currently, Kansas City is still at a negative four million in cap space. If that twelve million makes them uh, have eight million in cap space, then that's definitely a positive thing. Uh, if cutting twenty million dollars worth of savings gets you to negative four million, it's going to be a rough off season. Uh, but back to Jones, you know, he's a very, very dynamic player, and. I think he could fit just about anywhere. He's a great pass catcher. Putting him in, in San Francisco, who uh, they have lots of cap space, fantastic move. Miami with lots of cap space, fantastic move. The Jets, he's – unfortunately, See, I, he's a running back. I don't like Miami. So, I'm curious. What do you like about Miami? I'd I like the opportunity. I think he's he's gonna as much as I like Miles Gaskin and and Salvan Ahmed, and I I like both of those players. They can't they can't hold a candle to Aaron Jones, and Jones is is just super dupe. They can do what Jones does, just neither one of them do it well, as well as Jones. Talk so, about no cap space. That would be Atlanta. Just to reference yeah, our comment, no uh, I, I got I got an idea for Atlanta, uh, and it's not it's not Aaron Jones as, as much fun as that would be. Hopefully, uh, it wasn't Mark Ingram either, because apparently uh, he's the first running back off this list off the board. Yeah, you know what? And, and I don't hate what Ingram did. He got paid. He's like, I'm gonna get it. I want a job. I'm gonna take a job. Uh, anyways, back to Aaron Jones. Uh, I I. I don't want him to go to the Jets because I 
roster yeah. substantial shares of LaMichael P. Ryan. Uh, I don't really want him to go to Miami because I roster significant shares of uh, Miles Gaskin and Salvan Ahmed. So for me, I'm aiming for San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco is not too bad. I I, uh, I sent in a draft. I don't think they've published it yet. He was one of the five free agents I looked at that are kind of probably the biggest uh, names on the board. As somebody who rosters a few significant shares of Aaron Jones, I honestly would love for him to stay in Green Bay because, you know, he was RB2 in 2019. He was RB5 last year. He seems to really fit with Aaron Rodgers and what they're doing there. Um, the other one, you know, I don't know how realistic this is financially. I didn't I didn't go look at cap space because I'm just going to keep this to uh, where I would like them to go, uh, is Pittsburgh. Because Aaron Jones' skill set reminds me with the way he's dynamic as a pass catcher and as a rusher and putting up points and kind of making those big plays as a Le'Veon Bell-type skill set when Bell was really humming. Um, so that I could see that as a, as a good fit. I, I don't think San Francisco is too bad, what you mentioned. I just – I get from a cap space perspective the Jets in Miami, but that would kind of bum me out. Uh, so Pittsburgh has about $6 million available right now. I'm assuming that's after they reworked Big Ben's deal and everything. They're usually pretty good about updating their stuff fairly quickly. So yeah. about $6 million, So And, I mean, that, you know, I, you I know feel like be- I, I'm – go ahead. You know where I'd like to see, and I, I, I haven't. Uh, they're not in terrific cap shape, cap wise. But uh, Buffalo, put him back there with Josh Allen, with Diggs on the outside. That offense would be unstoppable. And, and I think Allen is going to regress from last season. But man, having a weapon like that. Dangerous, dangerous offense. Uh, Buffalo has about four million. I actually have another yeah. player I'd like to go see Buffalo, but I, I, I kind of feel like we're on the the same mindset. I, as much as I love Singletary, they need to get somebody else in there. You know, I, like so for for me on Jones, like I said, I want him to go. I'd love for him to stay in Green Bay. Outside of that, I don't love any of the landing spots. You know, Matt, Matt, and I talked about it a little bit with the Miami. I, I'm kind of with you, Dennis. Like I think. Gaskin and Ackman showed enough that if Jones goes there, I don't guarantee that he'll get the ball. I, I still think that they'll find a way to give at least one of those guys some of the share, maybe not both, but at least one of them, which hurts his value, hurts their value. You know, I do like Atlanta that that PJ mentioned there, but they don't have the money, and and I don't know how well that he's going to go there. 49ers, again, I think is the best, but I also agree. PJ commented that 49ers don't pay running back. I mean, they pay Jarek McKinnon, and maybe that's why they don't pay him anymore because of what happened with Jarek McKinnon. But, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. He's the one, if I'm being honest, off this whole list that I'm truly interested in seeing where he goes because the rest of these guys, as we're going to get through the list, I don't think have a whole lot of fantasy value left unless one of them lands with for, the 49ers, don't in which you, case I think it boosts their value because he's going Don't there. you feel like he's he has the potential to, to be this offseason's Austin Hooper where you're like, oh, he could end up in a great situation fantasy-wise. And he, not that Austin Hooper's a bad player or that he isn't yeah. helping Cleveland, but as soon as he signed there you're like well sorry well, i hold on to my shares <laughs> yes yes and no um actually i think that fits better in a way of 
I did not want Hooper to leave Atlanta because I thought that was the best place for him. Oh, I kind want, of feel like that's what, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's where I was like, I feel like that's that what that's where it fits is we don't, I don't know if he'll have the same value if he leans, leaves green Bay. Like that's where I'm, I'm really worried about it because I like Aaron Jones a lot. And, you know, we keep talking about, well, I see a lot of people talking about, they want him to go somewhere else. It's like, well, he'll finally get the ball. But do we know he can handle that workload? Because he do- has dealt with injuries every single year. Now, nothing massive, but he's gotten banged up. Maybe that he still produces, as you mentioned, as a top five running back uh, with Green Bay, even not getting all of the touches. Like maybe Green Bay does that for a certain reason. So I- I'm, he's the one guy, like I said, I'm very intrigued to see where he goes. Next up on our list is Kenyon Drake. Uh, you know, he was obviously with the Cardinals. Matt, do you think he returns? Is there anywhere you think he could go? I actually heard them talking today. Uh, some people mentioned that it might be smart for him to return back to Miami. Now that Gase is gone, uh, maybe he's a very good fit there. I think he would just blend right in with the other two running backs they have there and Gaskin and Ahmed, and all three of them would just make it a, a, a very frustrating three-headed monster, kind of like it was looked like it was going to be at the beginning of the year for Miami. Yeah, he, he probably had a better season than we think of. You know, he had 955 yards, 10 TDs. Arizona obviously franchise tagged him last year because they uh, – and I think I just figured out what my repeated word is. I think it's obviously. Uh, Arizona <laughs> franchise tagged him with the thought that he was going to be a big piece of their offense. I don't think he ever developed into what what – maybe they had thought or some of us had thought, you know, I saw people that thought he was going to be a strong RB one. We never really got that throughout the season. I do not think he goes back to Arizona. Um, Some people have said that, you know, they really want him back. I haven't heard the team say anything like that. Uh, Oh, Philly would be depressing too. Cause how is he different than Miles Sanders? I I would think if Philly brings a running back, it's gotta be somebody who's a different kind of style. Um, because they want to have some kind of battering ram. Kenyon Drake would be an upgrade over Boston Scott, though, probably. Um, I don't know about Miami, too. It almost feels like a uh, he does a lot of the same things or has a similar skill set to Miles Gaskin. Um, but, you know, maybe he goes back there. Drake, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a running back that gets signed post-draft. Yeah, I, I feel like there's going to be uh, – I think – I feel like is my phrase. So I feel like there's going to be. <laughs> Thanks for bringing this uh, therapy hour to us, Ricky. Uh, you're the best. Um, for Drake, I, his fit for me, he, he's not going to get top dollar. He, he's a good back. He's not a great back. He, he can catch the ball. He, he never delivered, I think, on Arizona's expectations. Or I, I guess what we perceived Arizona's expectations to be based on franchise tagging him, because for whatever reason they wouldn't use him in the past game and they didn't give him 20 carries a game. It was like, hey, we're we're gonna franchise you and keep you here because we believe in you. Go sit down. And I didn't get the, I didn't get a lot of that. So for me, I look at Drake is gonna go somewhere, he, he's gonna need to go somewhere that has opportunity and isn't going to be in on the big guys that that doesn't have a lot of money to spend. I think Kenyon Drake fills that role in Atlanta. They don't have a ton of money. 
they're still juggling numbers around and restructuring and cutting people. And if they can bring Drake in on a two-year, $9 million deal, $10 million deal, something like that, uh, he hasn't proven, I don't think, that he can be long-term, he can be the guy. But he can catch the ball. He's a, an effective runner. And if he can land in Atlanta and get 60% of the touches, you know, 18 carries and five targets a game, 16 carries, five targets a game, I think he could be really productive in that offense. And he's better than all of the guys there uh, unless they bring somebody else in that's a, a rookie or something. Uh, I like Drake to Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely gets the workload. Um, PJ asked Drake to San Francisco. Do you, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest, and maybe it's just because I love Kyle Shanahan. I think any you could put me in San Francisco, and they'd find a way to make that work. Like he's just he's brilliant. So I mean, he he fits, but I think he's also very close to what Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert do as well. Uh, so I don't know if that's going to change much for them. I would probably take him over both of those guys if if I had to draft him, but. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Atlanta's going to be, I think, the most interesting one just because of uh, Arthur Smith being there. Uh, we we all assume he's going to run the ball a lot because of what he did with Derrick Henry in Tennessee. So I think whatever running back ends up in Atlanta is going to be a screaming by this offseason, whether it is a free agent or they bring in a, a draft pick. Uh, I think anybody that, we, that, that ends up going there is going to have a lot of value this offseason. Uh, Dennis's guy, Chris Carson, obviously was with the Seahawks last year. Uh, we talked a little bit about this. I want to say it was on last week's episode. Dennis mentioned that uh, there were some rumors that he might be the guy that's to go to Pittsburgh uh, with Connor leaving. Dennis, you still think that's a great fit for him? I do. I think you know Pittsburgh wants to they, – they have a method that they like to use with their running backs. They like to have the guy. Carson fits that mold. He's going to be probably, I don't know, top third when it comes to salary. He's not going to be the highest paid guy out of this class. Um, and he's not going to, he's going to be above the median uh, of these free agent signings. But I think they can get him in there. They've got a substantial work to do still to get their cap in, cap in line. But bringing Carson in, I get the knock being, well, Connor was always injured, so we're going to bring Carson in who's always injured. I get that. It, that seems like a lot of perception, not necessarily reality. Uh, but Carson tends to, you know, and Connor both, their injuries tended, tended to come from playing hard. But Carson can catch the ball adequately. He's good in pass protection, and, and he is a good runner. I think it would make a ton of sense to bring somebody like that in that you know you can slot in. You're not going to have to worry about your running back spot because he's a proven veteran. And now Ben can figure out what's going to happen with their wide receiver core and their tight end. I mean, they, I think, is Ebron still there? Did he get – is he a free agent too? Yeah. I know <clears throat> McDonald retired. No, Ebron's still there for now. So, yeah. But, no, I love Carson to Pittsburgh. Oops. Uh, they can only handle one McVay in the NFC West, PJ. So I, I think I'll, I'll I'll just let Sean be there and, and, and handle things. I'll just kind of sit back and do the podcast. But I, I appreciate that. I, I'll, I'll look into it. 
Boy, I was just looking at that salary cap chart because you guys brought it up. Yeah. But you see the column where it says players under contract. That only has Atlanta 15 million over the cap. They only have 39 players under contract. What a time to Look, be a Falcon can, fan. You can only ha- have 11 on the field at one time, Matt. Yeah, don't get. Yeah, but up. apparently a lot of two-way players. Matt Ryan and players. Julio Jones are also going to be playing Go. safety. This going back to have high you seen school. Julio play, Dave? Have you seen Julio play safety? Dude's a beast. So, uh, Chris Carson, I, the Pittsburgh spot isn't too bad. I still don't understand why it's not more. There is nothing coming out that Seattle would like him back because it seemed like he was a great fit there and was very productive. He's a guy I could also see the 49ers going and get. We've seen the 49ers in a couple of these years go and grab uh, marquee players Seattle had to let go. That would be an extra kind of knife in the back in the division. And Chris Carson, I think, probably fits more of the running back style that the 49ers use because they haven't used them much as pass catchers, whereas Aaron Jones, you kind of look at him and as a true dual threat, somebody who you really – if you want to maximize the value, get him involved in the in the passing game. It's not that Carson can't catch the ball, but he's been more of a, a pounder. I could see that being a decent location for him. All right. So let's see here. Leonard Fournette, Buccaneers. Bucks obviously just franchise tagged Godwin. They brought back who they bring back on defense. I, I heard Levante David. Levante David. David. Money is getting a little bit tighter, yet Leonard Fournette has said that he wants to go back, and maybe, I know, obviously he had the really good playoff run, but wasn't quite that good in the regular season. Maybe he's willing to take a little bit of a pay cut to come back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, quote-unquote, run it back. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, Tampa Bay wouldn't be a bad spot um, to, to run it back. It just feels like they're they're running out of capital. Their higher priority right now is Shaq Barrett. And Leonard Fournette didn't have an incredible regular season. He only ran for 367 yards and six TDs in 13 games. He had uh, 30-something receptions, um, so that wasn't too bad. But I think what sticks with people about him being successful was, you know, Jones got injured toward the end of the season and, Leonard Fournette was the man in the playoffs, including a pretty big Super Bowl performance. He ran for 89 touchdown, caught four for 46 and another touchdown. Those are the things that stick with you when you're going, you remember kind of the the end. I was surprised at how little regular season production he had when I was looking at it. Tampa Bay would kind of make sense. I actually kind of liked him as a fit for Miami. Um, because I could see him being kind of the the pounder. Then he would also fulfill his life dream of never having to leave Florida. You know, he went from Jacksonville, goes down to Tampa Bay. I kind of liked the idea of Miami because he would be somebody that you could kind of sit back there and would be a great pounder. And then if they wanted to mix in Miles Gaskin, who we saw have some dynamic pass catching, you know, especially in that game against the Raiders, you know, being able to go out there and, that felt like kind of a good mix and kind of similar to things that we've seen done, you know, with Tampa Bay where they were mixing backs in, take some of the pass catching pressure off of Fournette. And there's also part of me that wonders how much pass catching is going to be a part of a, a Tua led Miami offense. You know, Fournette would be a good uh, pounder. He's been pretty durable. Um, so that was something that came to mind for me. 
Yeah, I, I feel like he wants to be back in Tampa and they want to try to repeat. I think if I have to choose between Fournette and Antonio Brown, I'm going to choose Fournette. But I, I think Fournette is as well as his um, – his social rehabilitation went, you know, there was some talk when he was in Jacksonville that he wasn't a good guy and stuff. And he came, he came out of his Tampa experience. Um, people going, this dude's all right. I I would almost, you know, a surprise landing spot for Fournette. I, I could see him in Seattle where they, Pete Carroll likes a workhorse and they want to, you know, give the Rashad Penny experiment a shot. Uh, but Fournette going up there and kind of taking over and being the guy, uh, that's something I could see see happening. And, and they've got the money for it. So it's a, it's a challenging uh, fit for Fournette because he's not an explosive back. He is a bigger kind of grinder, but he isn't quite – he's not powerful like Derrick Henry. Um, but he's an okay pass catcher, and and he does all of the things a professional running back needs to do. So I think if you're looking for somebody to come in and get you 3.9 to 4.1 yards of carry and catch 30 passes, I think Fournette's your guy. James Conner was with the Steelers. Looks uh, obviously did not have a great year last year. Some of that due to injuries, which he suffered the year before as well. But when he was on the field, for the most part, he was very productive. I don't see any way he goes somewhere to be a starter right now. I just think he's better to fit into a committee. Honestly, don't know where that best would be. I think he's the guy that I would probably lean toward almost a, a, a switch with Seattle and Pittsburgh and him going to Seattle to kind of do what Carson was doing and then rely on Penny because that is one of the things he was very good at in college at San Diego. Is it San Diego State? Am I remembering that correctly, Dennis? Yeah. No, he was Correct. Pittsburgh. Yeah. No, I'm talking about uh, oh. not, not, uh, uh, Penny, not, not Connor. Uh, he was very good at catching the ball in college, so that could be something that very good – do especially with the way that DJ Dallas. I love DJ Dallas, but I think they're still going to give Penny a shot. So, uh, and and with Penny's speed as well, I think that gives them a very good kind of duo with James Conner. So I, I would think Seattle is probably one of the better fits for him, in my opinion. Dennis, where are you where do you think James Conner goes? I I don't know where James Conner goes, but I think he is entering the. Um, Jordan Howard, Carlos Hyde phase of his career where he's he's probably going to not get signed until pretty close to camp when somebody looks around and says, hey, we need, we need some big depth, so let's bring Connor in or somebody gets an injury in, in preseason and then Connor can step in and carry 50% of the carries and, and and be a solid back. Uh, I just think his his play style has has beat him down pretty good. He almost is one of those guys where, you know, he he might be better served to opt out this year, and then come back in twenty twenty two after a year of uh, nutrition and yoga, uh, fully healthy and and return to his early career glory. But uh, Connor, yeah. 
I just think the the injuries have added up on him pretty quickly, and he's he's going to go somewhere as a backup um, with aspirations to be in a committee or be that professional that steps in when somebody gets injured. Yeah, and Seattle's not a bad thought. I thought about that. Um, part of me wonders: Does he just stay in the division? You know, do the Ravens? decide to add him in there, you know, they let Ingram go. Gus Edwards is a free agent. Do they, you know, we figure they're going to add somebody in there. Do they go that well, they way? Tendered uh, Gus. They tendered Gus. A second round tender too. I don't, I don't yeah, see that. Yeah. yeah. The other one, you look at people that have cap, maybe a Cincinnati where we've seen Mixon have trouble staying on the field. And it was pretty clear Giovanni Bernard, as much as we might like him, was not the answer. Um, and if you're talking about wanting that great, you know, the guy that could do it all, that could be the professional coming in and carrying you when somebody gets injured, you know, for a young team that's building that has cap space, that could be, you know, a good veteran presence in there and somebody that could step in. That's a great call. All right. It's going to blow some people away right here. I can promise you that. Marlon Mack, under the radar guy. I would love to see him go to Buffalo. He's the guy that, uh-huh. I, that I was talking about. I think, obviously, coming off the injury last year, Buffalo does not have a lot of cap room. I think it was $4 million, but I could see Mack taking like a short one, two year deal. Uh-huh. He's still young. So take a take a one two year deal to prove that he can stay on the field, stay healthy. I think that he brings a, and trust me for everybody watching, especially if you've watched or listened to this for a long time, knows this hurts me saying this, but he brings a little bit more juju and zuzu than I think Singletary does. He's faster, more explosive, definitely more elusive. He can catch the ball as well. I think he's a guy that could really fit well into that offense, help out Josh Allen, not have to run the ball that much. And still, you can still use Zach Moss down at the goal line, but Max, a guy who, unlike Singletary, can break off that long run and score a, a long touchdown. The Singletary seems to get caught from behind. So Mac was the one guy when I was looking at this list, I thought just fits really well with the Bills. He'll, he won't come in at a really expensive contract because of the injury last year. And I think it's fair to admit he looked good up until that injury happened in that first game. So was it the first game? Right? It was yeah, the first game. It was. Yeah, I mean, he, he had barely. Good. He had four carries for twenty six yards, and I mean, he, he caught he, three for thirty when he got yeah. hurt. So it was early. I mean, he he you know looked better than I thought he did, and and I mean you know the, so, the only obstacle I see though is that his injury. It's not an ACL. It was an Achilles. And oh, Achilles, right. Achilles are the, the ones that are the hardest to come back from for running backs. Running backs. Because that is, that's where you get that explosion and, and that, that quickness, that power. So I agree. He, he's, he's probably going to be smart and take a one-year deal, prove it deal. But I, I question how effective he's going to be this year because he's probably not going to be back to full strength. I mean, you saw it happen with Dante Foreman, who, well, probably not the 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 caliber back of Marlon Mack, which seems kind of odd. He was also a head uh, case. Yeah, 
Um, but Foreman, it took him. He was he was virtually out of the league for two years, and then he resurfaced this year um, in Tennessee, backing up Derrick Henry, uh, and still doesn't look necessarily like he's regained the explosion he had at Texas. So that's gonna that that's gonna I I, I like I I'm the so Max rookie draft. I'm drafting at the one ten. I drafted Alvin Kamara, and I was so enthralled with Zay Jones and Marlon Mack that I turned around and before the one eleven could pick, I traded Alvin Kamara for the two one and the two nine, so I could draft Zay Jones and Marlon Mack. Um, so I I believe in Marlon Mack. But I, I just have concerns that, about that. Probably seemed so nothing. good at the time, and now it's such a bummer. Well, you know what's crazy is you see all of this stuff. People tell us about your worst trade. I'm like, well, let me tell you something. <laughs> that's that's my trade. Anyways, and the guy the the guys won the won the league a couple years with Alvin Kamara. And to be fair, you you didn't know exactly how good Kamara could be. But uh, no. Um. No, I think the, the nightmare scenario with Mac has to be <clears throat> that he resigns with the Colts, and Frank Reich remembers that uh, he has options other than Jonathan Taylor, right? Because well, the nightmare if you're a Jonathan Taylor manager. <laughs> yeah, if you're a Jonathan Taylor manager, because it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility with the kind of severity of that injury and the type of injury that that is that he get, tries to, you know, that he gives a hometown kind of short-term deal and goes back to a team he knows, a medical staff that's worked with him and, and eases back in. Because you bring up a very good point that while he's an under-the-radar guy and could be potentially an interesting free agent, could also be a guy that's on pup to start the season. You know, no guarantee he's back, you know, to to compete hard week one. I like Matt's potential landing place in Buffalo, but that sort of assumes that he's back at full strength and ready to go week one. If it, we haven't heard a lot, or at least I haven't seen a lot of reports about how he's progressing with his injury. Well, yeah. yeah and, and I, I think we're, we're probably not going to hear a ton just because he's not, you know, an elite caliber player. So stuff will squeak out, but, Probably not too much. So let's let's move on to the to the has-beens. So who we got? Oh yeah, Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. I don't. I mean, I would think. Well, Mark Bell Ingram was on the list too. You can still include Mark Ingram. Well, because he actually signed, he signed somewhere, today. so he, he he I guess somewhat matters. I don't think Gurley signs anywhere unless there's an an injury in camp or something like that. I just don't see it. I do think Bell possibly gets a shot somewhere, but I don't think he's fantasy relevant, if I'm being honest. Jets? Oh, right God, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that just be hilarious? Uh, the, one that, the one that makes me wonder is, does he give some kind of a discount and go back to Pittsburgh to have a run with, with Ben? I mean, did he say he wanted to go back to Pittsburgh? He said he wanted to go back yeah. to Pittsburgh. He seems like he's at the point in time where he's not – going to be getting commanding big contracts. Pittsburgh doesn't have a ton of cap. It's a guy obviously Ben likes. They have they could then mix him in with some of their other ones. 
I thought he showed moments of explosion still with Kansas City. Kansas City's player rotations were weird. But I do agree with you. It's not going to be a big money, and I don't know how good I would feel about banking on him, which is a pretty meteoric fall for two guys that were the consensus one and two picks in Dynasty three years ago. Yeah, I think Gurley is is I I it would not surprise me for him to retire. Um just the knee is bad and I know he can still perform. Yeah, Gurley can go out and give you 35 or 40 snaps, but you don't know if next week he's going to be able to give you one if he does that. And so trying to manage his workload just becomes it's it's such a risk because uh, his knee just doesn't seem to hold up. Uh, his heart is there, but the knee can't hack it. Bell, I I feel like I feel like there's still something there, and I just don't know what's going to bring it out. I, I don't know how to get it out of him anymore. Is going back to Pittsburgh the deal? I I don't know. I I would have thought that. Kansas City being, you know, an almost perfect opportunity, uh, but it seemed like he just almost seemed disinterested at times. So may, maybe Bell needs to move on to his rap career. I don't know. There's another guy not coming on our show. Let's hope it's not coming. Uh, to I was about to say Le'Veon, he might. He might want to try and go. He might want to try and find another place to play football than than go on that route. But. Mark Ingram uh, is the last guy on this list, and uh, before the show today, he signed with the Texans a one-year, $3 million deal, um, increasing the uh, age of the backfield there for the Houston Texans. I, I don't I don't even honestly know what to think. I mean, I guess good for him for getting the deal. I hope it's all guaranteed, and he's going to get a nice little payday here for $3 million, but I, I don't see it having much fantasy value. Uh yeah, I just I don't I don't I really don't know what to think. I'll let you guys have. Yeah, this I, I, you know I I do think it it bodes well for David Johnson. Ingram is going to be a very, I think, specialized player, short yardage guy, fantastic locker room guy. And if any team needs a locker room guy right now, it's Houston, and and Ingram definitely is that. Uh, I don't know how much David Johnson has left in the tank. I feel like I feel like he can be a productive low end running back two with occasional running back two high running back two upside. And I don't think necessarily Ingram really affects that at all. So uh Houston's getting ready to start a major rebuild. I I don't think Deshaun is gonna be there. And it's gonna. Unfortunately, I, I feel I feel bad for David Gully. Well, let's just say that this is not the kind of signing that convinces Deshaun Watson he's made a horrible mistake. Um, I, I'm still not running out and grabbing Mark Ingram. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can. I mean, I think at best right now, if you have shares of Mark Ingram, you might be able to convince someone to come get him for even like maybe a third round pick. And I, outside of that, well, though, I don't if know. you rostered David Johnson, maybe, um, you know, maybe you're looking at a handcuff. Yeah. 
that's that's what I'm selling. If I've got him, I'm like, hey, can get your handcuffs. Just give me a third. Toss me a fifth. Just give me something. He's yours. I'm not that picky. Let's let's that's do some another business. one that had like a sort of meteoric fall. Maybe he was never as good as what we saw in 2019, but I think the injuries hurt him bad. He just when he came back from that. What what was that? Um, was that two years ago, three years ago? I don't remember what the injury was that he had, but he had a bad lower body injury, and then he came back on the field and just looked like a completely different player. Like he was not running fast at all. I can't remember what when that was. It was I don't remember. It was before I think the year that he ended up. Uh, they ended up trading for Kenyon Drake. So that have been two years ago now. Is that correct? Um, Mark Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake was. Uh, Are Mark you talking Ingram about Mark Ingram? This. I'm talking about David yeah. Johnson. Sorry, we're. Oh yeah, I was talking about. Walker's Mark got crossed there. I was talking about David Johnson. So, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> expecting him to fall off like that either this year. That was kind of the reason why I had J.K. Dobbins as low as I did in my rankings. I thought Ingram was going to have one more good year. That did not happen. All right, let's talk about some wide receivers. We've got Kenny Galladay of Dennis's Lions, who I thought was the most interesting non-tag of the uh, of the week here. I, I thought for sure they were definitely going to tag the biggest him. winner of franchise tag day. Yes, yeah, I, and I'm I'm intrigued to see what he does. He is one of the players I think would benefit immensely from like signing a one year deal with the team and then and then going back into free agency next year when it's expected that the cap is going to rise back up. So Dennis, do you think that he does that as well? And if he does, what team do you think he signs with for a year or do you think he goes somewhere, signs a long term deal? Where would you like that to be? I I feel like he's probably there I go again. I, I feel like he's gonna go with um maybe a three year deal. And or two years with a a, an, a third year option. Um, I like the fit of Galladay in Kansas City or Philadelphia. In Kansas City, you know they've tried having the the bigger guy across from Tyreek Hill, and the issue has mostly been Sammy Watkins is neither consistent nor healthy, and Demarcus Robinson is just not consistent. So. Putting Galladay across from uh, Tyreek Hill, I think that eases uh, into what should be uh, a beginning decline of Travis Kelsey in a couple years if you have somebody like Kenny Galladay. In Philadelphia, they just need weapons. Uh, I'm not sure what the, the – they're, they're not in – they're in terrible cap space too, so – they're I don't know that they can in Kansas City. Yeah, but I'd love to see him there. Um, I, I don't know that Jalen Hurts is going to be the answer at quarterback, but with Miles Sanders, uh, uh, offensive line that needs some rebuilding, a defense that's probably going to put them in position to play from behind a little bit. Jalen Rager hadn't hasn't stepped up yet. Giving them an alpha wide receiver to be what they hope. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey would or uh, JJ Ortega Whiteside would be. Uh, I, I think that Galladay could be really productive there. Well, I'm going for the Eagles' old pass catcher with my Galladay. I have I've said uh, for a couple of weeks. I, I think the Colts they have the money and they should go get a premier receiver 
to put with Pittman and Paris Campbell. And, you know, it would have been nice to get Allen Robinson. Obviously, he got franchise tagged. Kenny Galladay's, you know, the best out there. That's who I'm going after. Um, I think another place that's I mean, potentially likely for him to land is Miami because they seem so locked in on improving wide receivers and have so much cap space, too. Well, but how similar are Pittman's and Galladay's game, though? It seems like they kind of do the same thing. I think Galladay is a much bigger deep threat. His career yards per catch is 16.8. He has 21 touchdowns in four seasons. I mean, in 2019, he had 65 receptions and 11.62. Well, but if you were looking at replacing the T.Y. Hilton role in that offense, which is really what's come open – Galladay is a huge target. He's six foot four. He goes down. I think it makes Pittman better. And then you, if Campbell can ever get healthy and get integrated, you have somebody in the slot. You know, they're a candidate, I think, to go get a tight end. They've been rumored at possible landing spot for Ertz. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run at either a Hunter Henry or a Johnny Smith or something either, um, because the only tight end they have left is Jack Doyle. He's not getting any younger. They have potential to be a good offense and to be a Super Bowl contender, and they they have a lot of cap. So that's a team where you, you could see one of these receivers go and really thrive that also has the money to pay for it. I think the big challenge, I liked your potential locations in a Philadelphia or a Kansas City. Those guys don't have money, and it's hard to imagine. You know, Kansas City is still over the cap, and – better find a tackle or it doesn't matter who they have out there opposite right. Tyreek Hill, as we saw in the Super Bowl. So I think that's probably more of a concern for me. Uh, I, I Matt, Matt's not here to put your comment up, PJ, but it, I, I got to believe Kenny Galladay's smarter than going to the Ravens. That would be a terrible spot to go. Well, he has been rumored to go to the Ravens. Uh, I mean, he, he's better, probably better – than Marquise Brown. The question for the Ravens, I don't disagree that they should go get better pass catching options in Baltimore, but I think we still don't know. Is it a matter of not having the right people to maximize Lamar Jackson's skill, or is Lamar Jackson what he is as a as a passer and we need to adjust to well, that? I just – I just released a, a article about uh, Mark Andrews trade that I did today. And in it, I said, well, I don't expect the 2019 Lamar Jackson efficiency. I do expect some progression uh, from 2020 in 2021. So I think he'll be better as a passer this year, but I, you know, I think he'll be hard pressed to put up 36 touchdowns, uh, passing yeah. touchdowns at any point in the rest of his career. So Juju Smith-Schuster is the next one on the list. Did you have something else? No, I think I, we were thinking alike. I think oh, that's okay. why Matt ducked out, not his favorite player. Right. So the, the oh, Steelers. We and, mentioned Juju and, and Juju. he returns. I like yeah. Juju. Did you say he's not my favorite player? I was sorry. I was yeah. student-teacher thing just happened. So, um, yeah. Uh, no, I like Juju. I don't think he goes – I'm back to Pittsburgh, though. I just I, I don't see that happening. Where'd you guys say that he goes? I didn't we catch were that just part. Starting. We were we oh, just okay. started him. Matt, Juju Smith-Schuster, probably not returning to Pittsburgh. So, okay. Where would you like to see him go? 
my my two uh, my two top locations. I, I think we've seen. First of all, Juju probably gets too much hate. The guy's been in the league for uh, I mean, four years, and he's put up three hundred eight receptions, thirty seven twenty six twenty six TDs. What did he say? He said the Juju's trash. You said that he gets a lot of hate, and on point, the comment comes in that he's trash. I think he's. We saw his first two years thrive really well playing opposite um, another guy. So my top two, my my number one location is Arizona. Uh, I could see him being a much better option than Christian Kirk opposite DeAndre Hopkins playing with Kyler Murray. I think that would add a significant dimension to that offense. Another place I thought would be a decent landing spot is Washington, where he'd play opposite of Terry McLaren. They, of course, have a quarterback question and it doesn't make my heart happy to think that Teddy Bridgewater is the answer that they're settling on, but still think that would be a good spot. No, I like it. We talked a little bit about that uh, the other day that we wanted to see someone opposite Terry McLaurin to kind of help him uh, help him out. So I don't hate the Washington call at all. Yeah. I, I you know, Juju is, uh, I, He's a good receiver, and I feel like he just doesn't want to he, – he's got it in his head, the type of receiver he is, and it doesn't always fit with what the plan is, either for a game or, or for a team. And, and so you, you can see when he's got – when he's the second guy, much like – Corey Davis, when they're the second guy, they can excel. Um, accepting that and then going out and just being the best at that, that's what Juju needs to do. And, you know, that's like I, I almost felt like Juju in Indianapolis where it'll allow Pittman to move a little further down the field. But does Juju, you know, does he go for that kind of role? Could he do that? Um, maybe – Juju going to New England uh, and taking over for Edelman. Edelman. You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm just grabbing at straws, looking at cap space. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, Colts, obviously, last year doesn't seem like he'll be back with Indy just based on some of the things he said and, and the way that the front office is. Looks like they are moving forward here. Where do you think the best fit is for T.Y., Dennis? His couch. Ouch. Yeah, I mean. Coming in hot off yeah, the top rope. It's, he, he's had such a run of injuries, and then he was relatively healthy most of last season. Um, he can still be a very effective wide receiver. Uh, I think a spot where he might fit in well would be Detroit. He's got enough deep speed still to to provide some of that. Um, <laughs> poor, poor Jared Goff going to get T.Y. Hilton and Tyrell Williams. Please make this a winner. <laughs> yeah, I mean Dan Campbell got Dan Campbell was smart enough to get a six year contract. I think everybody <laughs> in Detroit knows that this season is like it, it's it's a throwaway. It's a we're tearing it down. We're not bringing Kenny back. Uh, I feel bad. The guy I feel bad for is DeAndre Swift because in three or four years when they're back in competitive, 
he's going to be at the end of his window and end of his contract versus TJ Hawkinson and tight ends who can play uh, almost as long as quarterbacks. Um, but I, yeah, putting Hilton in Detroit opposite Tyrell Williams, uh, I think the two of them could combine for a full season. Yeah, Hilton. I mean, if Hilton was was smart, he would he would ask Andrew Luck to start a flag football league, and he would just try to get on his team there uh, and relive some of his glory days. I think he's probably a guy that signs post draft when they're when they're looking to fill. Um, it also depends on what kind of a a discount he's looking to take. You know, if somebody's going all in on Will Fuller and misses out on that, do they? Then go kind of you know is T.Y. Hilton there because it feels like his best production as a receiver has been as kind of the the deep bomb player. Yeah. Corey Davis had his best year by far this past season with the Tennessee Titans. Best fit for him, Matt. I kind of wish he would just go back to Tennessee because I think he had finally found a groove there playing with Tannehill opposite AJ Brown. It doesn't, I, mean, I think it's possible. Yeah. It doesn't seem like they've talked uh, that, that that's I think, happening. I've I think seen... they re-signed one of them, him or Johnu. I don't think both go back. And I do think one goes back. I think johnu has gone. So then they go. Yeah, maybe that wouldn't be bad. I've seen him linked potentially to Washington. Um, you know, I don't think that would be bad. I've seen him linked to Baltimore. Uh, that would be amusing. Uh, Corey Davis and Marquise Brown and the underwhelming all-stars. Um, hey, run it all verts on Madden works. You never know. Give it a shot. Just saying. Wait. Um, I still feel like he's another one of these free agents. You kind of hope for fantasy purposes he sticks where he was. Yeah, I, I think we've seen – I feel like I've, I've seen some uh, talk about him going to the Giants as well. Uh, I've He's he's the guy I, I, uh, of the free agent wide receivers. Uh, if Washington is going to sign a free agent wide receiver, I want them to sign Corey Davis. I think putting him across from Terry McLaurin with McLaurin's speed and his technical ability. Uh, Davis has enough speed, but he also has size. He seems built for that number two wide receiver role. Um, hopefully, they bring in a quarterback there, uh, which you know, to me, I don't. Know, maybe they move Logan Thomas back to quarterback. I don't know what Washington's thinking. But, uh, well, they keep talking about Teddy Bridgewater. You know, again, and actually, about- I saw an ESPN report they are looking at Cam Newton. Uh, good luck, I guess to them for that Curtis Samuel he is actually one of the more interesting wide receiver free agents for me uh, obviously finally had that really great season that you know as a Buckeye fan I've been hoping for for a while uh, but now will be a free agent I do think going back to Carolina would be great I, I think he fits in well with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson there there's obviously a lot of talk that maybe he goes to Jacksonville hooking up with his old coach in Urban Meyer but as Dennis mentioned when we brought that up they have a bigger version of him doing that right now in Levis so, Dennis, where do you think the best fit for Samuels? Bill is a t- tough one because, you know, two years ago he led the league in air yards 
giving us all the impression he was a deep threat and just had a shitty quarterback, um, which the second half of that was definitely true. Um, and then they come back this year and they sign Robbie Anderson and make him the deep threat and start running Samuel short and handing him the ball. And Samuel had a, a good year. I, putting him somewhere, you know, he's – yeah, is it? I mean, I like how, it. That, that was my pick. That was my pick. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, Samuel I, is, is he a gadget guy? Is he, you know, is he Debo Samuel? Is he is he you know Paris Campbell gonna take bubble screens and handoffs? Is that is that gonna be the plan? Are we gonna is he gonna go somewhere where he's a downfield threat like he was two years ago uh, in in Carolina? Um, you know. Maybe put him in on the Jets and let him be the deep threat there. I, I, I'm still in on Darnold. I want to see Darnold get a real shot with some real weapons. They brought in Becton last year. They brought in Becton last year, and uh, so they've locked down their left tackle. A couple of improvements to their offensive line. Let Denzel Mims uh, blossom. Put Curtis Samuel there. You know they 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 that could be a good fit. I don't know. I I I want to see as as a Buckeye fan, I want to see Samuel go somewhere he can succeed. But I feel like he's starting to trend towards the dreaded better for NFL than fantasy, fantasy. category. Which speaking of New England is what jumps to mind. You're talking about a guy that could be a deep threat one week and kind of doing gadget plays the next to that sounds exactly like the kind of thing, especially when you're talking about better for the NFL, maybe than fantasy. Those multi-dimensional can do something different week to week players are right up Belichick's alley. I mean, I wouldn't hate new England if they had a quarterback, like, but it's keeps sounding like Jared Stidham's going to be the guy. And that just, I do. I don't believe they end up with Jared Stidham. I still think they're going to go for the red rifle. I wouldn't mind. I like for me, New England. I would not mind. I do think Green Bay would be great with the way Matt Lafleur schemes offenses. I think having Devontae Adams opposite of him means you can't really scheme for Curtis Samuel. And I, I think that he does just enough different than MVS or Lazard. That if you had say Adams and MVS on the outside and then put Samuel in the slot, I, I mean it's going to kill Robert Tunyon's value if he goes back there. But I think that'd be a great little outlet receiver for Aaron Rodgers in an already explosive offense. And if they don't bring Aaron Jones back, maybe instead of dumping off to the running backs, they start dumping off to Curtis Samuel. Wheels up, baby. I think that'd be a great spot for him. But I actually don't hate the New England one that much either. I think that, again, if they bring in the Red Rifle, who I think we kind of talked about him going there on, on Tuesday's show anyways, would be, would be kind of good. So we're going to squeeze in the last couple – Wide receivers here in this show. We'll save the tight ends uh, for Monday. And we'll talk about Will Fuller because he's important, and I skipped over him in Matt's list earlier. Uh, does not seem to be going back to the Texans, obviously. Matt put on here he thinks the best fits are the Cardinals and the Packers. Is that it, Matt? Anybody else that you like? Well, that's those are places he's been rumored. I, I wonder if it's just because every Texan that – is on the market gets rumored to go to Arizona. Maybe that's uh, somebody said if Will Fuller signs there, we should officially designate the Houston Texans as the Arizona Cardinals farm team. Um, but Green Bay was a place he was linked to the trade deadline financials 
are a bit of a, a tough one there, but he would be a better version of MVS. Yeah, I I think Fuller is, and right or wrong, my issue right now with Fuller is that it seems like to stay healthy, he has to take PEDs. And that's probably not fair, and I recognize that. But that's kind of the perception. I wasn't big on Fuller coming out. Yes, he's fast. Um, his hands are, are, are probably a little better than I gave him credit for. But I want to see Fuller, I guess, put together a full season where he's productive, he's healthy, and he doesn't get popped for using. So, yeah, he still know. has a one-game suspension no matter yeah. where he goes. Yeah, but that won't be too bad. For fantasy season, I mean, yeah, one week, you should be should be good, you know. I mean, it's for not Fuller, baseball, that, if, if that's the only only game he misses next season, it'll be his best year. That's true. Yeah, very true. Now, Antonio Brown is up next. Uh, played with the Buccaneers last year. Had a decent season. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt, Dennis, do you think that he takes less to go back to Tampa Bay, or does he go somewhere else? I I think he'll take less to go to Tampa Bay if he doesn't get more to go somewhere else. I don't think consciously his ego will let him turn down more money from somebody else. I think his ego will say, I can make that team a winner. I can make that team better. And that's not unique to him, I guess. You know, they're in the NFL for a reason. They're competitive. They're the best in the business. Even the worst in the NFL is one of the best in the world. So I, I get that mentality. But I don't I don't know that he's got the humility to turn down more money. I for sure thought Antonio Brown was going back to Tampa Bay earlier in the offseason. I thought they were going to lose Godwin. Um, when they franchise tag Godwin, it made me think about it differently because I still think there's a desire to keep using Scotty Miller, who has a good chemistry with Brady and who has performed, and to get more reps to Tyler Johnson, which is another player that Brady has mentioned before. So <clears throat> money aside, I don't know that they want need to bring Antonio Brown back. And they have so many other things to do if he ends up going back there i think it's going to be late in the game marvin jones is an interesting one for me obviously he's had some very good years with detroit been a very good weapon on the opposite of kenny galladay and has even stepped up and proved that he can be a wide receiver one for fantasy when kenny galladay was out with matt stafford he has said that he wants to go somewhere to compete for a Super Bowl, I think the best fit for him, and I know they don't have a lot of cap room, but is the Rams. Following with Matt Stafford, there's been a lot of talk about that. I'll, I think they're actually under the cap, aren't they? No, they're the worst. They're worst. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm, when I meant under the cap, I meant is in like they're not, they can't really spend money. They're 32 million. Um, if you uh, go the full way out there, 41 million. <laughs> yeah, so. Don't know if that's at all possible, but I do think he'd be a good fit there. I know some people mentioned Kansas City. Looking at teams in cat with good cap space, I mean, 
I think New England could be a really good fit for him as well, but I don't know how close they are to competing for a Super Bowl at least this year. But I could see Marvin Jones getting a multi-year deal. Uh, he is going to be a guy that I think still could retain some fantasy value depending on where he goes. Dennis, as, again, the resident Detroit Lions fan, what are your thoughts on Marvin Jones? I think Marvin Jones it recognizes right now his goal is to win a title. Um, and when you see sort of what the landscape looks like from the salary cap reduction, you know, he's not going to be a top end, uh, get a top end contract. He's going to he probably get a two year deal uh, at his age, maybe a three year, two year with a third year option or something. Uh, I think he fits really, really well. Uh, and especially given uh, what his price will be in Arizona. He's got the speed. And he. I think he makes a really nice compliment to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He's a veteran that's not going to – he's not going to bring off-field drama. He's not going to uh, put the team in a bad spot by not knowing what his assignment is. Uh He's probably for fantasy, regardless of where he goes, uh, wide receiver three, maybe a wide receiver four, uh, except for the one week he scores four touchdowns because he does. That's just what Marvin Jones does. Um, but Jones is a good, I could see a 60 catch season for 900 yards and seven or eight touchdowns out of him, which is going to be a good depth receiver for fantasy. Um, you know, we we all want wide receiver ones, but I think he'll fit in really nice in Arizona and, and give Kyler Murray a, a good target. Yeah, another potential option kind of along those lines that I thought of is uh, Tennessee, especially if they don't re-up Corey Davis. Um, you know, they have kind of their, their alpha receiver in A.J. Brown. Um, but Marvin Jones, we've seen, can be a great complimentary guy who has a pretty diverse skill set. All right, so the last three receivers on the list here, I'm curious to see what your guys' thoughts are, if they have any fantasy relevance going into the 2021 season, and that is some aging vets here in A.J. Green, Emmanuel Sanders, and Sammy Watkins, all who have now been released from their teams in Cincinnati or are were free agents coming into this free agency period. And A.J. Uh, – my goodness, I already read the names. In the Cincinnati Bengals with A.J. Green, New Orleans Saints with Sanders, and then obviously the Chiefs with – Watkins. Uh, Sanders is the one that stands out to me, and he's actually a guy that I would put with New England that you mentioned yeah. earlier, Matt. I think I was going to say bit. one or I, all of these guys ends up in New England. I feel bad because I swear someone posted that on Twitter, and they were like, now put start sending out your obligatory Emmanuel Sanders to New England Patriots tweets once he got caught. And he says, like, but I mean, you're kind of right. That's a really great fit for him. But I do think, well, I shouldn't say all three – Watkins to me seems the more, I think, less chance of fantasy value in 21 than the other two. I still don't think A.J. Green's done. He still showed flashes in Cincinnati. I think both Green and Sanders have some fantasy value. Watkins, I'm just not sure on. Being in that offense and still not really being able to produce, he's the one that I would avoid or even regardless of where he goes. Or stay on the field. Yeah, and I also think he could go back to Kansas City again, just take a, a, a lesser deal. I mean, dude's gotten paid twice now, so he, I think he could go back to Casey on a really cheap deal, but 
I would still think Green and Sanders have some value. Dennis, where do you kind of lean on these three guys? Well, I think Watkins is on his way to an Australian beach commune with Ricky Williams. Uh, I, I, I feel like that needs to be the next reality show on, on ESPN. <laughs> well, no, I actually read an article a guy wrote. He can let it, he convinced his uh, uh, editor that if he could find Ricky Williams, could he, you know, would they pay for him to go interview him? And the editor said, sure. And sure enough, the guy, you know, he emailed, he found an email, emailed it, emailed him. And Ricky Williams basically said, if you can find me, you got the interview. And the guy went to Australia, went to a beach, to a commune, and there was Ricky fucking Williams. It's like, all right. Um, but no, I, I think I think Watkins is done uh, as far as fantasy relevance. Uh, he may pop off a game here or there. Sanders, I think, is he's entering the better for football than fantasy stage of his career. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't get signed until later in the summer. Uh, once uh, everything starts to shake out, he, he's. I, I feel like he's in that depth uh, signing phase of his career. A.J. Green, on the other hand, it was weird last season in Cincinnati with Green, just like it was weird with Joe Mixon. I think Green is is healthy. Uh, I still think he's got a lot left in the tank. Um, and I think he would be a phenomenal fit in Tennessee. I think putting him across from uh, A.J. Brown, and not just f- for the uh, alliteration of A.J. Green and A.J. Brown, uh, I, I Putting him there, he he provides, to me, he's a a big receiver that's going to provide a steady presence. The fantasy relevance will be, you know, he's maybe wide receiver three-ish, I guess, if he lands there and is the other starter. But the the reason, the primary reason is that uh, Tennessee runs the ball so much. If Tennessee was a higher volume offense, AJ, I could see AJ Brown and AJ Green each putting up 100 catches, um, but with that lower volume passing game, it's not going to happen. And and like I said, Green is a really good wide receiver who I think still has now that he's healthy. I think he's going to have a couple good years going forward. And uh, in Tennessee, he would look really nice. He only has to move, you know, a couple hundred miles. Yeah, I mean, the one for me. So I agree. Sammy Watkins, I'm kind of not considering. Emmanuel Sanders, I think it's going to go uh, somewhere. He he actually had a good and positive impact for New Orleans for a lot of the season last year. He was their best playmaker. He had a good and positive influence uh, with San Francisco when he was there the year before. He's kind of feels like a free agent guy on a team that thinks they're contending um, that they grab. A.J. Green was linked to the Patriots once before, and I think especially if they end up going and getting Andy Dalton, I could see him going there, a reunion. All right, so that will do it for the quarter, not quarterbacks, I did the quarterbacks, running backs and wide receivers here. Matt and myself will be back on hopefully Monday. I don't think I have anything interrupting me this time. So 
Back on Monday, we'll talk about tight ends and any news. Obviously, it'll be the legal tampering period, so I guess technically players can already start signing yeah. by that point in time. So NFL Network news. is uh, projecting that this weekend is going to be a bloodbath for veterans, too, because of how many teams are way over the cap. Going to be probably then a lot for us to talk about on Monday, and then we'll probably recap anything that happens on Thursday and then – Maybe we'll start moving into some more off-season content with rookie stuff. We're obviously again a little less than a month, or a little over a month away from the NFL draft. Start previewing. Well, I want to wait till we, the draft happens before we start previewing teams because who knows what they're going to do with rookies, especially with all the salary cap stuff. So we'll figure out something. There's plenty to talk about. We'll figure out something to talk about next Thursday. So yeah, big signings. Go ahead, Dennis. Oh, I was just going to say, I think Namble has been pushing for uh, a uh, early tampering period, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> and on that now, note, now we're never going to have a guest. On that note, <laughs> we will talk to you guys. Uh, I mean, this is just for Matt as we close out here. Everybody have yourselves a good weekend, and we will see you guys again on Screw you guys. I'm going. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your pop on there. Your on, I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Oh, they tackle him at the point of Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I can.